0: listening to the warrior priest podcast. And this is the warrior priest podcast midweek debrief number 72 and I am the warrior priest Donald Riley. Welcome back to the show everybody. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast today. I truly appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who supports the podcast, subscribes, supports, shares the podcast on social media. Continues the discussion with friends and family and others off the air. Thank you. Thank you for supporting this and for the encouragement that you give to me every day. I truly appreciate it. And I am grateful that some of you or many of you uh, get something out of this that's positive and constructive and helpful for you, because that's really what this is all about. And with that being said, then today I want to return to one of my favorites, Kevin the Soul Assassin Ross, now a former Muay Thai fighter. He recently retired but he did a book a minute ago. I've talked about this on the podcast in the past. It's called Soul, which is available for purchase through his website. I'll include a link in the show notes for you to uh, go to his website and check out his books. He's also got another book entitled Dancing with Sanchai. It's a fun little book to read, a good little book, and all of his other merch that is worth your time and attention. But today I wanted to go back to the book Soul, which is a movie. You can see the episodes of the movie on YouTube. They're chopped up into pieces. Otherwise, you can go to the book Soul, which is a conversation between Johnny Bang Riley and Kevin the Soul Assassin Ross, but also then poems by Johnny Riley, uh, meditations by Kevin Ross, artwork by Kevin Ross, and a series of conversations between the two that I have found edifying and helpful. And so I wanted to go back to it today. I'm on page 296 of the book Soul to begin with, and this is Kevin Ross writing He writes, I remember something my father told me, something he told me about when uh, he used to wrestle in high school. He said that at the end of every practice or competition, he would literally have nothing left to where sometimes he would not even be able to drive himself home. He said he always wanted to make sure he gave every ounce of himself in there. When I first started training, I would get so exhausted, just wrecked and thought that one day, once I improved some, I would get to a point where that would not happen anymore or not so badly. As time went on and I got better and better, I noticed that I was still getting just as tired as I had in the beginning. What the hell, I thought. I mean, obviously my skill was improving and I was clearly in way better shape. How come I was still getting so exhausted? then one day my father tells me that story and it just hit me. If you are giving 100%, then that's all you have. It does not matter how good of shape you are in, it does not matter how much better your skill is. What I had not taken into consideration is the fact that yes, I was getting just as tired, but I was also hitting 10 times harder. Throwing much crisper combinations and just doing more overall. If you are not completely spent after your training, your fight, your competition, et cetera, then that means you could have done more. It means you held back and did not push yourself. Getting tired is a shitty feeling, especially when you know you have pushed yourself way more in training and then come competition time, you just feel weak. But that's all a mental block and is another topic altogether. I always try to push myself to the point of passing out and then do more. You will never truly find out how far you can go until you risk going too far. So there is only one way to find out. Give it your all and you will probably be surprised how much you can actually do. Even if you pass out, puke, whatever, at least you know where that point is. I remember the first time I went to Thailand and trained It was beyond hot and so humid. Felt like living in a sauna. While training, it felt as if I had a hot, sweaty gym sock stuck over my face. I could breathe, but it was as if there was no actual oxygen getting to my lungs. Almost as if trying to breathe with your face buried in dirt. Being the only foreigner at this camp, and already having a sense that they assumed I was just another typical sissy from the West, there was no way in hell... I would ever hold back or give up every day doing pad work. I would be gasping for air so badly that I thought I might pass out at any moment, but I just kept telling myself, keep going. Don't quit. If you pass out, you pass out. I learned a lot from that trip, but seeing how far I could actually push myself, even when my body was telling me that I was way past the breaking point was something that has always stuck with me. No matter how much it hurts, keep going. Because when you look back and realize that you could have given more, it will be more agonizing than any pain you have been feeling in those brief moments. Tell yourself when your body says no more, just one more rep, one more mile, one more round, one more punch, and find out that your body is a liar. Most people won't ever find out how far they can go. Because when things start to get tough, they take that as a signal to stop. I take that as a challenge. When my body and mind say, come on, Kevin, that's all we've got, we can't do anymore. My heart says, fuck you, I'm the one in charge, and I'll tell you when enough is enough. Even when you think you have given it all you have, even when there is nothing left, reach down and give it that last little bit that last push that you think might kill you. I guarantee you will go further than you ever thought imaginable. Now, obviously, killing yourself like this every day, every session, is not what I'm trying to say you should do. What I am saying is that when it is time to go, stop being a baby and really push yourself. Kevin, Soul Assassin Ross, from the book, Soul. I ruminated on this this morning because rolling with my coach, there is a time in every, oh, every five to seven minutes where he gets side control on me and he exerts his will upon me by virtue of his weight and his strength and his abilities as a first degree black belt in jujitsu. And I get my frames and I shrimp and he sucks my hips back in And I frame and I shrimp and he sucks my hips back in. And I do that three or four times. And then my brain says, just quit. Just stop trying so hard. Think of something else. Do something else. Wait for him to do something and react to it. And it's at that moment when my brain says to me, when my body says to me, when my breathing is labored, when my arms are trembling from lack of oxygen and exertion, when I can't shrimp properly because I'm just tired, I'm worn out because I've been in this position now 10, 20, 30 times in the past hour. Excuse me. My body wants to quit. My brain wants me to quit. And I don't quit. I fight until I am submitted. And because I know the conclusion to rolling with a first degree black belt as a purple belt. I know the conclusion. I know where this is going because I have been darst, I have been elbow locked hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times by my coach. I know how this is going to end. So I have to make a choice in those moments like Kevin talks about. Am I going to quit and accept defeat and then have to live with the fact that I know that I mentally quit? My coach can feel physically and therefore mentally that I quit because I stopped framing, I stopped attempting to escape, I stopped trying to create openings for myself. Can I live with that? Do I want to live with that? And the answer for me is always no. And even if the amount of exertion that comes out of my body is weak and trembling, I'm still fighting. And I'm fighting through the exhaustion, through the oxygen deprivation. I'm fighting against my own mind. I'm fighting against my body and what it wants to do, which is to seek peace, to seek quiet, to be released from the position that I'm in, to not be compromised, to not have this person exert their will upon me by putting their forearm against my jaw or pinning my hips to the floor, twisting my shoulder in its socket, hyperextending my elbow, Everything in that situation, especially after the first 20, 30, 40 minutes, everything in me wants to quit and give up and accept the submission and then get up and catch my breath and go at it again. But I don't. I fight. I fight past the point of thinking, I fight past the point of exhaustion, and I fight. And yes, I get submitted. And yes, we're going to go through this again for the next seven minutes. And we're gonna do this for an hour straight. And every time I get caught, I learn something. And one of the things that I learn is that I am capable of much more than I give myself credit for. Now on the other side of the house, when I'm not training with my coach, when I'm not training with higher belts, whether it be in Muay Thai or whether it be in Jiu Jitsu, the temptation is always there to put it on cruise control, to relax, to not take this seriously. Because you know this is the first of many training sessions for this week. Or you get to Saturday and you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm going to put some work in today. It's the end of the week. But then I got to go teach for three hours. And then I got to spar for three hours with my students tomorrow. So I better save something. I better keep some gas in the tank for later today and tomorrow. Otherwise, I'm not going to have anything left. But what I've learned over time is that again is a cop-out. That is self-justification. It's opening an escape hatch for yourself so that you can take a break. You can take a round off. You can put it on cruise control, glide through the morning, do what you can do because you're better than the people around you or you're equal to them or you're very selective about who your sparring partners are going to be. And you can create those openings for yourself. And other people won't even know. The only person that you're fooling is yourself. The only person you're lying to is yourself at the end of the day. And yet in every instance, when I have pushed myself to the point where I was going to pass out because of the heat and humidity, or I felt like I was, my insides were egg salad and I was going to puke all over, or I was just going to go to my knees to, to catch my breath. Every single instance I said, no. No. Because I'm not going to be weak in front of my students. I'm not going to be weak in front of my sparring partners. I'm not going to be weak around other people who are throwing up and taking a knee and sitting out around because I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be that person for myself and I'm not going to be that person to other people at the gym. If I'm injured, that's a different story. If it's my second training session of the day, I'm going to go just as hard as I went in the morning and yeah, I'm going to be tired and yeah, I'm going to be sore and maybe I'm banged up, but I'm going to go hundred percent whatever that means at that time. And I think 100% is on a sliding scale, depending on are you injured? Is there, did you not eat before you came to class today? So you have a calorie deficit going. What, is it hot and humid? Is it 100 degrees in the gym and you're just spent after the second round because you're sweating profusely? There are all kinds of factors, all kinds of variables that go into training, go into fight preparation, go into what you're doing as a martial artist every day. But I think the same is true of life. Sometimes people don't start something because they're afraid of failure. Other times they don't start something because they're afraid of success. But either way, they allow themselves to go to that place where they can justify not starting. Or they'll start it but not stick with it because it gets difficult and there's struggle. Maybe there's some affliction that comes from the outside in on you. Maybe there's people mocking you, cursing you, insulting you mistreating you, disrespecting you, trying to cancel you on social media, whatever it might be. And that that outside pushback, that outside pressure can also open up escapes for you to shoot through if that's what you're looking for. There's always an excuse. Something that I'm not proud of, but I'll share with you today is in the the lead up to my last competition, my last fight. I trained with my coach got an injury. I had a bursitis on my elbow. I had fluid on my elbow. It was about the size of a golf ball. And I thought it would heal. I treated it. I did everything I could to take care of it while training and preparing for my fight. Rolled with my coach, posted on my elbow, shooting pain all the way up and down my arm. And I thought to myself, uh-oh, this doesn't feel good. I hope I don't have like a bone fragment or a crack or, or some ligament damage. I better go to the ER or go to the hospital, go to the clinic and get an x ray just to make sure so that I don't go into this fight with a broken elbow or a, you know, damage that could make it worse. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself on the way to the doctor for my appointment, I hope it is a bone chip. I hope it is cracked so that I don't have to fight on Saturday. And so I'm having this war within myself. I'm, I'm engaged in a civil war against my own mind. Because a part of me is saying, you're going to fight. You're going to go no matter what. You know you're going to. But then the other side of my brain is saying, this is your out. This is how you're going to get out from underneath this fear and anxiety and stress about what's coming. And it was just a bursitis. And the doctor said there was nothing that would prohibit me from competing or fighting. And so go for it. And so I did. But I had to push through all of that negative self-talk that I engage in leading up to fights. I have to push through that. And something I was talking about with a teammate and a friend last night was, and we all go through this, no matter what level of competition you enter into, I think all of us go through this in the run-up to the competition, which is we create this monster in our mind. And then we fuel that And we feed it. And then if you Facebook stock or social media stock your opponent and you watch videos on YouTube of your opponent, you can psych yourself out. You can really twist yourself up in knots. Well, he's stronger than I am, or he's quicker than I am, or obviously he's better than I am. He's more experienced than I am. He's on a five fight winning streak. And I just lost my last fight. There are all these reasons that you can find to not get in the ring to not climb in that cage, to not walk on the mat. In fact, there's probably an infinite number of reasons. But all of those reasons are little morsels, little pieces of bread that you're feeding this monster in your mind. So that by the time you get to the fight, you have created this dragon, this enormous fiend in your mind. And that's what happened to me in the lead up to Naga. And then I see my opponent and I walk up and I say to him, hey, I'm Donovan. I think we're going to be fighting in a couple of minutes. I just want to say hello. And I'm just really grateful you're here and that you showed up because I've never actually fought anybody my age before. And we had a little bit of a conversation back and forth. Just, hey, glad you're here. Good luck in the fight. And then five minutes later, we were fighting. Six minutes, fight's over. He wins, I lose. I lose. Walk it off. Let the adrenaline come back down, level off, get my wits about me, and then I go seek them out. I say, "Hey, thanks again." I might come and train with you sometime, since you're just down the road from my gym. Because I'd love to learn wrestling from you. Because obviously, you're a lifelong wrestler. You put out wrestling instructional videos, and I'd really like to learn from you. And <clears throat> there's nothing that says you can't disre- that you can't show your opponent respect before, during, and after the fight. In fact. In my opinion, that's the way that you should conduct yourself regardless of what your opponent's attitude is. If I walked up to him and said, hey, here's my hand. I just wanted to shake your hand and say, I'm grateful that you're here today. I'm grateful to be fighting you today. Best of luck. May the best man win. And I'll see you afterwards. If he slaps my hand out of the way and says, I'm here to kick your ass and get that belt. Okay. That's cool. But you're just a man now. You're just a five foot 10, 175 pound man. And I'm a six foot two, 179 pound man. And we're about to fight each other. And even though I had no chance of winning that fight because he had double my experience in jujitsu, minimum double my experience, three to four times my experience in wrestling, he's a seasoned competitor, he's a grinder. I was satisfied with the results because I showed up. I did my best at that moment. He only beat me by points. He didn't submit me. And it was a good experience all the way around. And I learned a lot about myself, about this civil war that takes place in me leading up to fights and about creating monsters out of men, excuse me. And I think that's the most important takeaway for me from the past two weeks is that I have a tendency to engage in negative self-talk and push away and shut out and ignore the people around me who are trusted supporters and encouragers who will tell to me straight. If I'm not putting in the work, if I'm not putting forth the effort, they'll call me out. They'll tell me because they love me and they want to see me do my best. If I am putting out the best effort, if I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing, they'll tell me. They'll say, you should fight more often. You should compete more often. But I engage in that negative self-talk, that stinking thinking we talk about in recovery. And it's very difficult for me to break out of that because I'll, like I said, I'll just shut down and turn a deaf ear and a blind eye to my most trusted supporters and friends and teammates. And a part of that's my personal history. A part of that is the fact that I'm surrounded by people that I respect and admire, and I consider to be better than me at this. And of course, comparison is the thief of joy. I know that. But in the stress and the fear and the anxiety of, of preparing for the fight, even though I know that, even though I say that out loud like a mantra to myself, that man that lives in my head rent free that screams lies at me all day long every day just drowns out the reality and the truth of who I am as a, as a person, as a man, as a fighter, as a teammate, as a coach. And it's almost impossible to pull me out of that. And that's what I mean. I create monsters out of men. And then I see the man that I'm going to fight and he's just a man. He's smaller than me. I'm stronger than this guy. I'm more flexible than this guy. Yes, he's better at me, or better at me, better than me at technique. He's got more experience. He's got more fights under his belt. He's got more wins than I do. But why should that matter if I'm there to fight? Whether he has no experience or more experience, whether he's 10 years ahead of me in technique or 10 years behind me in technique, whether he's stronger than me or not, bigger than me or not, whatever. Whatever the circumstances, whoever the man is, why does that matter? You signed up to fight. You signed up to fight at this weight class, in this division, with this experience level. And who you get is who you get. You signed up for it. You volunteered. You paid your money. They didn't force me to do this. So show up, do your best, push through the fear as best you can and recognize when you're making monsters out of men and when you're feeding that monster. Because the bigger the monster gets, the more the monster grows, fear, anxiety, depression, um, self-doubt, second-guessing yourself, trying to rationalize away the fight and how it's possible for you to win the fight. All of that is feeding the monster. And not just in fights, obviously. We do this in life all the time. We do this with relationships where we make a monster out of our partner or spouse. We make a monster out of our boss or coworker, out of a teammate at the gym that we don't like, or just someone that we see in the store. We are masters. As human beings, we are masters, in my opinion, of creating monsters out of men. When if we just walked up to the person and said, Hey, here's who I am. Who are you? Turns out just a normal man, just a normal woman like woman, like anybody else. It's me who inflated who they are, who changed them from a man or a woman into a monster, into a dragon, into a chaos monster. I did that. I turned them into a fiend. And whether they're respectful or disrespectful, whether they're better than me or not, whether they win and I lose or I win and they lose. To reduce someone from a caricature, a cartoon of who they are, from a fiend to a regular, normal human being. That, to me, is is the great hurdle in preparing to fight. It's the obstacle that stands in me in the way of my enjoying peace in the lead-up to the fight and being centered and being confident, but not arrogant, being humble, but not wilting under the pressure, not folding due to their aggression. But recognize, did I put 100% in and at the gym? Am I really prepared to fight? Because if I'm not, if I didn't put in 100% at the gym, if I didn't prepare properly, then yeah, I do have a good reason to be afraid and to doubt because I didn't put in the work and I know it. And therefore I'm not prepared for this fight. And so I should get my ass kicked (laughs) because I didn't show up prepared. But if I've done everything that I can do to prepare and I still lose, I know it's not for lack of preparation, not for lack of commitment, not for lack of discipline or the output of my energy or how I trained, none of that. It's because that man on that day was better than I was that I can live with that. I can respect in myself and in others. But if I didn't put in the work to prepare mentally and physically and emotionally, if I didn't fight through the mental obstacles, if I didn't fight through the physical blockade, the exhaustion, the sweat, the self-doubt, sharpening my skills. If I didn't put in enough rounds, if I didn't do enough to prepare, then I have no one to blame for my loss but myself. And even if I win then, I'm not quite sure I won because I was prepared or because I just got lucky. He made a mistake. But if I show up 100%, then I know win or lose, I was ready to put out maximum effort at that moment, which starts in the gym. It starts in training. It starts when you wake up every morning. And if you roll over and there's someone in bed next to you, make up your mind. I'm going to give them hundred percent today, not 50%, not half. I'm not going to meet them halfway. I'm not going to compromise. I am going to give them 100% of what I am because I love and respect and admire them. And I want what's best for them. When I show up to fight, I want what's best for my opponent. I want my opponent to get the best version of me. Because again, then I know. I showed up. I put out 100%. I gave my best effort. So win or lose, I know. I didn't compromise. I didn't cut corners. I didn't use an escape hatch to justify losing. I didn't make excuses for myself. If I wasn't prepared, it was my fault. If I didn't mentally prepare, it's my fault. There's no one to blame at the end of the day, except for me. So if I let that self-doubt drive me away from the fight, cause me to quit, if I allow my mind to say, just stop framing, just stop shrimping, just stop fighting, that's on me. That's on me because my coach takes the time to train me up. My coaches take the time to train me up. They push me and they push me past what I think I'm capable of so that when we get done training and we're done with the sparring sessions, I can walk away and say, I didn't think I could do that. And then they can say, well, you just did. So now you got to raise that ceiling. you got to stop pretending like that door isn't open for you to go through. you got to stop acting as if you're putting out 100% when you could be putting out more. But at least for myself, I need other people to come alongside me and show me, lead me to the door. Show me what I'm capable of. Because I think all of us, whatever it is we pursue, when we compare ourselves to others who are more successful, who have more victories, more trophies on the wall, whatever, they're a higher belt, we tend to engage in negative self-talk. We put ourselves down because we compare ourselves to those who are better than we are. But if we compare ourselves to who we were when we started, now all of a sudden, I think we've got traction. Now we can look at ourselves and compare ourselves to ourselves. And anybody, whether it's weightlifting, Jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, business, relationships. Think about who you were when you started uh, as compared to who you are today. Because I know for a fact that I could absolutely wreck the person I was five and a half years ago. I would defeat the person I was a year ago if we fought today. In fact, I would defeat the person that I was two weeks ago at the fight if we fought today. Because I would fight differently. I would fight my opponent differently if we fought again today. Because I learned a lot from that fight about what to do and what not to do. And like I've said before, and I think I got it from Jordan P and he got it from somebody else. The only thing you have to regret about your past is if you don't learn from your past. The only thing that you have to regret about your past is if you don't learn from your past. Whether that is, hey, you know what? I thought I was giving 100%, but I really wasn't. Or I showed up to fight, but I really wasn't mentally prepared to fight. I didn't do what was necessary to be prepared to fight. Or I showed up for work, but I was just punching the clock because I didn't really love my work. I didn't love my job. Or I'm in a miserable relationship for the fifth year now going because I'm too much of a coward to make a change that we both know is necessary fatigue, exhaustion, just the repetition, get knocked down, get back up, get knocked down, get back up, get choked, tap, reset, get choked, tap, reset, pass the guard, pass the guard, pass the guard, trim the fat off your teep, over and over and over again, it's boring, it's so boring, but not in a bad way, boring isn't monolithically bad, Boring can also mean good because it means repetition. It means consistency. It means you're constantly trying to improve your technique and trim the fat off of it. You're constantly going to the fundamentals and training your jab, training that rear round kick, training that switch kick so there's no fat on it. So when it comes, your opponent never sees it coming. There is no better sound to me than when I do a switch kick into a tie pad and the sound that my foot makes against the tie pad can be heard over everything else that's going on in the gym. I love that sound because to me, that's success. That's the sound of me improving and becoming stronger and becoming better at the technique. My skill is improving because when I first started, there was no thwap against the tie pads. My jab didn't just fly out like a whip. Everything was herky-jerky. I was thinking about everything. Everything was slow and inefficient. It was unskillful. And there are those days, there were a lot of days where I was in the valley of self-doubt and self-criticism that I'm never going to get better. I'm never going to improve. I'm never going to be as good as insert person at gym here. And yet over time, I got better because I kept showing up. And the people around me demanded that I give them 100%. And they hold me accountable. And yes, like I said, if you're injured, if you're banged up, your 100% is going to vary. If you're not feeling well, if you didn't eat the right foods before class, if you're not in the right mental space, the training partners you end up you know, sparring with, all of these variables mean 100% is going to be on an adjusting uh, scale. But you have to be certain, I believe, you have to be certain in your mind that you gave hundred percent. Sometimes I think that means you got to stop and instruct and teach someone who's less experienced and less skillful. This is what you're doing wrong. I was where you were at three years ago. So I'm going to give you a hack. Do this instead of that. It took me three years to learn this. You've been doing it six months. Here, do this instead of that. And especially when you get to a certain place in your development, it's not these gross motor skills that you're working on. It's fine tuning. It's little things. It's where you put your hands. It's how you distribute your weight on your feet and how you rotate on the balls of your feet. It's how you follow your opponent in space and where you focus your attention and how you pick up on certain physical cues so you can anticipate where they're going to go and what they're going to throw at you. And you're just constantly fine tuning it. You're constantly getting punched in the face, kicked in the ribs. You're constantly getting submitted, just like in all of life. Every day, your relationship's not going to be great. Every day, there's going to be times when you're tempted to not put 100% into the relationship or the job. Those are the times when you have to say, no, no. This is exactly when I have to push through that and give it my all if for nothing else, so that when I walk away from the job, when I go to bed tonight, I won't be engaged in that self-criticism, that negative self-talk. Because I know I gave it my best. I gave it my all. I gave it 100%. Yeah, maybe I did throw up. Maybe I got submitted 10, 20 times in a single round. Maybe I did end up going down on my knees from exhaustion. But I got back up. I wiped my mouth off, washed my mouth out, and got back after it. I kept fighting. And that's something I've talked about a lot with people of late. We're all going to die. This is a universal truth. The death rate eventually hits 100%. And all of life, in my opinion, is a fight. It's a fight to live. It takes no effort to die. Just sit down and quit eating. It takes a lot of effort to live. And it is a fight. Every day is a fight. Putting your feet on the floor, as Hicks and Gracie says, is a fight. Standing up and finding something to be grateful for. Oftentimes that can be a fight. Preparing for an actual fight is in and of itself a fight. And there will be constant temptation, constant offers from others to take a round off, to give 64% or 22% or 99%. There's always going to be someone who is ready to absolve you for not putting forth the work or the effort because they don't want to put forth the work and the effort. And they figure by absolving you of guilt, you'll absolve them. Birds of a feather kind of thing. But recognize also then, as you improve, as you become more efficient, as you learn how to live with another person, as you learn how to do your job more effectively, as you train up and become more skillful. Your 100% is going to change. Giving it all you have is going to change. As a 50-year-old, nothing pleases me more, especially in Muay Thai when we do conditioning on Saturday mornings, than having people half my age quit. It just invigorates me. It, it really does. It I get a second wind so quick when I see a 20-year-old quit because they're tired. <laughs> and I'm sitting there saying, man, I'm 50. I'm double your age. I'm the one who should be sitting this out. I'm the one who should be complaining about being tired. But other people ringing the bell, so to speak, that encourages me. It drives me. It motivates me to keep going. One of the things that I do when we spar heavy is in between rounds, I dance around and jump up and down and sing because I want my sparring partner to think I'm not tired. I want that psychological advantage. I want them to to go into themselves and reflect on how tired they are, how sweaty and exhausted and how labored their breathing is and how heavy the gloves feel on their hands. And then they look at me and I'm dancing around, singing along with the song, smiling, having a good time. It just pushes them deeper into that sense of exhaustion, that sense of defeat. Because you're tired and sweaty and you want to take a round off and here's your next opponent dancing around singing songs like He sparred as many rounds as you have. He's gone just as hard as you have. How is it that he's still able to dance around and have fun? Because on the inside, I'm dying. I want to throw up. I want to sit down and quit. I want to take a breath. But I know that I set the example in the gym as an instructor, as a training partner, as someone who's older and been there longer. And so as a consequence, I'm not going to show that weakness. I'm going to be the one whooping and hollering and encouraging people to keep going. I'm going to be the one who's going to make it light and have, keep it fun, but intense. I'm going to be the one that pushes the rock up the hill and say, you can do this. If I can do it, you can do it. Keep going, push through it, and I'll do it with you. I'll walk with you through this because I want them to have what I have. I want them to receive from me what I receive from my coaches, which is that encouragement to keep going. And the affirmation is, that you can do this. You can give it your all. You're exhausted? Sure. It's like I tell the new students in jujitsu. It gets better. It just never gets easier. And that's true of Muay Thai for me. It's true of jujitsu for me. It's true of competition for me. It's true of life. I'm fighting to live, not to die. Every day is a choice. And here's the choice. In my opinion, in my experience... Every day is a choice between quitting, surrendering and dying, or fighting and dying. Age is going to overtake all of us. At some point, we will not be able to physically or intellectually do what we love to do. Our partner is not always going to be there with us in bed. That job that we love so much might not always be there. We're going to have to retire at some point. You're not going to be able to train like you used to. There's going to come a time when you can't compete anymore. When the fight game passes you by. And are you going to say to yourself, I really wish I would have? Or are you going to say, I'm good. I'm satisfied. I did all I could. I gave it my all. And now I'm at a different point in my life. I got to change my expectations. I got to change the way I train. I got to change the way that I teach. I got to change the way that I live but I'm still going to live. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to surrender. I'm not going to sit down and wait for death to come for me. When death comes for me, he's going to find me fighting. He's going to find me teaching other people this art that I love so much. He's going to find me giving 100%, whether it be in sparring or fighting, whether it be in teaching or in relationships with other people, whether it be my work as a pastor or as a writer, or as a podcaster, or as a coach, whatever it may be, I'm gonna give it my all. Because I don't know any other way to live anymore. I don't know any other way to do my business anymore than to give it my all and to give it everything I have. And I think what's happened for me, and maybe this is true for you too, at a certain point you just develop this habit of revulsion, When you start thinking to yourself, I'm just going to take a round off. I'm going to quit. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to give ground. I'm going to take it easy and cut out early this time. That's in my mind. Like I said, going to the doctor to get my elbow x-rayed, looking for that, hoping for that that little window to open up so I can escape from having to fight and then having it slammed in my face. Praise be to God for that. I still have to live with that now for the rest of my life that I tried to find a way out of my fight. But at the same time, again, praise God, he shut that window so I couldn't escape. Because if I had had an excuse to not fight, even if it was a medical legitimate excuse, in my mind, I know I quit. I know that I gave up. I didn't give my all. And I took the coward's route out. Whereas now I know I tried But I also know that despite that, I pushed through that. And even if she had said I had a cracked elbow or whatever, I still fought with bursitis. I still had fluid on my elbow. It still hurt like bloody hell to have someone grab it and squeeze it. But I still showed up and I still fought and I still gave it my all. So I live with that dichotomy at all times because I want to quit on my marriage sometimes, not get divorced, but just, just cruise, just set the, set the controls for cruise and not give it a hundred percent. Take a day or an hour or a moment off, not give my wife hundred percent, not give my kids hundred percent. There's days I don't want to go to the gym. And if, if I get there, I mean, one of the benefits of having my kids in martial arts is that if I don't want to go they still need me to drive them to the gym to go. And since I'm there, might as well train. So even when I show up, there's some nights when I show up, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. I'm not there emotionally. I'm not where I need to be. I'm just checked out you know, mentally. And then one of my teammates will come in the gym and I'll see him or her. And all of a sudden I forget all of that. and now And I'm just excited that they're there and I get to see them and I know I'm gonna get to spar with them tonight. And all that negative self-talk, all that self-doubt, all the thoughts of how how tired I am and what a bad day I've had and this person said this and this person did that and I don't really want to be here so I'm just going to mail it in and float through the class. When I see my teammates, I see my coach, everything changes. My mind shifts over to that's why I'm here. At the end of the day, I'm not here just for Jiu-Jitsu or Muay Thai. I'm here because of my teammates who I love to train with, who I love to throw down and spar with. That's really why I'm here. There's hundreds of gyms that I could be a part of, that I could join, that I could train at, but this is my gym and these are my coaches. These are my teammates and these are the people that I love to see every single day and if I don't get to see them for two or three days, for whatever reason, I get depressed, I get anxious. I become unbearable to my wife because I'm just jittery all the time and anxious and I'm short with her and grumpy. And it's because I don't get to do what I love to do with the people that I love to do it with. And that's a gift in my opinion. That's a great gift that so many people that I encounter and engage with don't know. They don't even know. And they live in a constant state of surrender. And they live in quiet desperation. And they're not living because they're not fighting to live. They've surrendered. They've accepted the status quo. They've bowed to culture. And so they're not dead, but they're also not alive. They're simply existing. And to me, that is truly the most tragic type of personality that you can meet. is someone that's not dead yet, but can't muster up the energy to fight for their life to fight for the people they love, to fight for happiness. And all it takes is the decision, the choice to give it your all. My first ever jujitsu class, I gave it my all and I drove home trembling and shaking and thinking to myself, I never want to do that again. And I'll be back two days from now. My first class, I was trying to make excuses to not go back. But in my gut, I knew I was going back. So my brain was trying to talk me out of going back for a second class. Because if I go back for a second class, then I got to pay for classes and that's a month. And then there's the expectation that I'm going to show up because I paid. And if I don't show up, what are they going to think of me? You know, all this, again, self-critical, self-destructive, little man lives in your head yelling lies at you all day kind of talk. And also what will other people think of me versus what, who cares about what they think of you? They don't even know you. What are you going to think of yourself? But I knew in my gut I was going to go back. And so what I just talked about with what happened to me preparing for my fight last week, I did the same thing the very first class that I ever took at the gym. And here I am five and a half years later, still having the same fight with myself, still pushing through it still have the same teammates and coaches who are going to walk with me and push me through it themselves. They're going to carry the weight with me. And it's been five and a half years going on six. So does it end? Well, it hasn't for me yet. And yet, every time I walk through the door, every time I prepare, every time I sign up and pay my money for the next fight, I'm leveling up. You are leveling up. Every time you show up for your spouse when you don't want to, you're leveling up. Every time you fight to make your relationship work, you're leveling up. Every time you show up at your job and you want to do your best, regardless of what your coworkers or boss expect of you, you're leveling up. Every time you get in the ring or walk on the mat or get in the cage to fight, win or lose, you're leveling up because you confronted the very worst parts of yourself. And you overcame the self-doubt and the negative self-talk. all all the doubts that you go through emotionally and intellectually leading up to something like that. You fight through it. And then after the fact, you push yourself, you push yourself, you push yourself. And you think to yourself, well, how much further could I possibly go with this? And the only way to find out is to do it and to keep doing it and to keep showing up and also to surround yourself with people who who are also giving it their all. That's key in my opinion. If you're surrounded by teammates who are going to mail it in and show up and give 60%, it's going to be pretty hard for you to maintain that output that you want to put out there. If people don't have any expectations that you're going to get better and improve and grow and become stronger and more skillful, if they don't expect it of you, especially your coaches, get a different gym, find different teammates, find different coaches. They're not good for you. Surround yourself with people who expect the best from you and then expect the best from yourself. Command respect, and people will respect you. Allow people to disrespect you. You're going to eventually disrespect yourself because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. They go hand in glove. So again, every ounce is left on the mats. Every ounce of what you've got to give is left in the ring so that when you leave, win or lose, throw up, don't throw up, pass out, don't pass out, finish the fight, don't finish the fight, you showed up, you gave it your all in life, on the mats in the, in the gym, in the ring during the fight, wherever it is, whatever you're engaged in, lift, do an extra rep, push yourself beyond what you think you're capable of, raise the bar, raise the ceiling on what you're capable of. Same thing in your relationships, same thing at your job, same thing in the gym. Push yourself. And again, as I keep saying in quoting Friedrich Nietzsche, set your ambitions higher than what you can imagine for yourself. Don't set ambitions that you can just tick off at the end of the week, but have ambitions that you just can't imagine are even achievable for you. Because five and a half years ago, if you had said, this is who you're going to be in five years, this is where you're going to be at, this is what you're going to be doing, this is going to be your skill set, this is where you're going to be technically and just as a man in general, I would have said, that's a nice sentiment and I like to imagine that that's true. I hope that it's true, but I can't see it. I can't imagine that type of a person. Even though that's the person I want to be, I can't imagine that for myself. I just want to make it back to my second class. But I hoped for it, I prayed for it, and now here I am. And if I can achieve that in only five, five and a half years, what, what can I achieve in 10 years? What can I achieve in 15 years if I keep doing what I'm doing and I keep on the trajectory I'm on? If I surround myself with these people that bring out the best in me and push me to be better than I imagine myself to be, well, I can't imagine what it will be, be like. But to me, that's what's exciting. That's what invigorates me is I got to go to the gym today. I got to train. I got to sign up for this fight. I got to show up. Why? Curiosity. I want to know what's next. I want to take that monster and reduce it to a man or a woman. I want to take all of my fears and I want to throw them into a deep, dark hole I want to learn how to manage my fear and my anxiety and my stress. I want to learn how to not create monsters in my mind. I want to confront the worst aspects of myself and extinguish those things that hold me back, that fill me with self-doubt, self-loathing, that negative self-talk. Let's just shut that all up. Let's silence that stuff. Well, how do I do it? Through struggle, through pain, through overcoming exhaustion, through silencing the, the man or woman who lives in your head rent-free, who screams lies at you all day long every day. You got to do it. You just, you got to get in the ring. You got to be the man in the arena. And that's the only way I know how, is to struggle and to give it your all. Because like I said, none of us gets out alive. So you have two choices. Either surrender and accept defeat, accept death, Accept the loss, accept the divorce, accept the layoff, or fight. Fight to live. Even if it means divorce, even if it means relapse, even if it means losing your job, even if it means getting defeated and being broken, get up and keep fighting. Fight through the divorce. Fight through the extra rep. Fight through the pain and the struggle. Fight through the exhaustion and the vomiting. Fight through the defeats. Because that's how you level up. That's how you improve and get stronger and become a better man and woman. Not by taking the easy path. Not by taking a round off. Not by taking a knee. But by standing up and being counted. By showing up every day and giving it your all. That's the only way I know how to do this At 50 years old, it's the way that I've learned. It's the only way that I've ever accomplished anything satisfying in my life is to fight for it and to fight through it and to come out the other side and to learn to live with losses and defeats. But the way for me to live with those and actually be happy with those losses and defeats is because I showed up and gave it my all. I did my best. I gave 100%. So I lost, okay. Somebody had to, there were two of us. One person is going to win, one person is going to lose. That's how it works. We both gave it our all. I lost. Next time, maybe I win. But if I don't show up, if I don't learn from my defeats and losses, if I don't push and use those as fuel to move through the self-doubt and the negative self-talk and the self-criticism, how will I ever know what I'm capable of? How will we ever be able to accomplish anything great, anything that allows us to sleep peacefully at night, anything that allows us to be satisfied with ourself. If we don't struggle and we don't push through the afflictions, we don't go back out after we throw up. We don't pick ourselves back up. We don't push through it and say to ourselves, I'm not going to let anybody see me take the easy way out. Yes, I'm tired. But as Kevin says, it's because I'm kicking and hitting 10 times harder than I used to. My my 100% has changed. It's elevated. Oh, you used to be able to roll one round and then you'd have to rest for the rest of the day. Now you train for an hour straight in the morning and then an hour straight at night. How is that possible? I just kept showing up. That's it. I just kept showing up. And I made sure that the people that were around me, my teammates, my coaches... My friends, my family, they're 100% in. They're 100% invested in me because I'm 100% invested in them. And then when I am weak, when I do fall and I can't get back up or I struggle, guess what? You have someone to help you stand back up who's going to walk with you until you're strong enough to stand on your own two feet. And so, yeah, you're going to get tired and it's shitty and it feels shitty. But... That's the point is that you go through that and you come out the other side and you're like, yeah, I I felt shitty and I felt exhausted and I was engaged in negative self-talk and I was beating myself up. But here I am. I kept going. I didn't quit. And if I pass out, I pass out. If I get injured, I get injured. That's the price for entry for what we do. It hurts, but you can keep going. It's agonizing, but it's just for the moment. This round is two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, 60 minutes, but eventually it's going to be over. So give it your all. Fight your heart out. Fight and don't surrender. Force your opponent to make you quit. Force your opponent to make you tap. Force them to push you past what you thought you were capable of doing. And so you can say to yourself, like he writes, that's all we've got. We can't do anymore. Fuck you. I'm in charge. I make the choices. I'll decide when enough is enough. And if I can't, if I can still get back up, if I can go another round, no matter how labored my breathing is, no matter how much sweat I've lost, no matter how many calories I've burned, no matter how many times I've been popped in the head or kicked or submitted or smashed, I got one more round. I have have one more round until I cannot get up off the mat anymore. That's the point. That's the point. You will go further than you ever thought imaginable if you just keep that mindset, if you just keep pushing, keep going, don't quit. If you pass out, you pass out. Lots of people have, lots of people do, lots of people will. You're not the first person to be choked unconscious. (laughs) You're not the first person to be knocked out in sparring. You're not the first person to get an owie. Or an injury and have to fight with an injury or, you know, a bump or a bruise. So take inspiration then. Be motivated by others who have gone ahead of you. Who have set the standard for you. Who you look up to and say, I want to emulate that person. I want to have that person's mindset. And like what Kevin's doing here with his writing, he's showing you the way. He's giving you a roadmap. He's encouraging you. This is the route I took. It's available to you too. That's why I, I love what Kevin has to say. I love listening to guys like Gio Martinez, Marcelo Garcia, and other jujitsu and Muay Thai fighters that I respect. I don't want whatever it is they possess. I don't want to touch the stone and extract magic from them. I don't believe that. They're just men. But they're men that when they write or they speak, they speak to me and others. And they show me a map. They show me a way forward. And I see it. When they show it to me and I say to myself, that's what I was looking for. That's the advice that I needed. That's the wisdom I needed dropped on me. That's the route forward that I was looking for. You showed me the way. Thank you. I respect you for that. I'm grateful for you, for you being there to show me the way. And so the best way that I can honor Kevin and others is to read it and to share it with you so that hopefully you get from them what I got from them. And they can show you the way forward and they can motivate you and inspire you and encourage you to keep going the way they've done for me. And that's, I think, all we can hope to do is to recognize that there are other people that have the same ambition that we do or similar ambitions to us and they've gone ahead of us. They're the trailblazers. They have shown us this is how you move forward. This is how you go through this. This is how you work through this. If I can do it, you can do it. Because at the end of the day, world champion or not, whether you compete or you never compete, whether you do Jiu-Jitsu Muay Thai or never set foot in a gym, whatever it is that you do in life, there are people that will show you the way forward that can inspire and encourage you to give it your all every day. Find those people. Seek them out. And understand, it's not about fanboying. It's not about star worship. It's not about trying to get some of their magic for yourself. You're not them. They're just men at the end of the day. They're just women. They may be world champions, but they're still men and women. They still got to put their pants on the same way that you do. Still got to eat. Still got to go to the bathroom. Still got to put in the work at the gym. Just the same as you. It's just they are who they are. So don't compare yourself to them. I don't think that's healthy. But rather listen to them. Learn from them follow their advice and counsel because they've gone ahead of you. They've blazed that trail. They've opened a way for you to walk. And to me, that's what's truly invaluable about Marcelo Garcia, Kevin Ross, and others for me. They show me the way forward. They keep me going. But most of all, it's opening up the opportunity for me to give my all to other people, my wife, my kids, my church, my teammates, my coaches, anybody that I meet. I'm out here fighting every day to live. And other people see that. And I think that encourages them to step up or run away, either way. The people that run away, I don't want to be around them anyways, they don't want to be around me. But the people that are attracted to that kind of mindset, that kind of attitude, like every day when I get up, I'm going to fight to live. I'm going to fight to be the best husband, the best father, the best pastor, the best teammate, the best neighbor, the best whatever that I can be for you today. When you come to talk to me, I'm going to give you 100%. If you come to me for counseling, I'll give you 100%. If you train with me, I'll give you 100%. Whatever it might be, whatever vehicle we're in at that moment, I'm going to give you 100%. And if I'm not, tell me, remind me, hey, were you, just, were you giving me 100% right now? Or were you on cruise control? Were you taking a round off? Because that's what we're here for. To hold each other up, to walk with each other, to encourage each other, to share with each other, to make each other stronger and better and to help each other grow and better equipped and more skillful at fighting for life. Not just in the gym, not just in the cage, but in all of life. That's why I'm here for you. That's why other people that I surround myself with are there. I need them to constantly be in my ear. Keep going. Keep pushing. You're better than this. You can do more. You can improve. You can get better. But you got to put the work in. You got to show up. You got to keep going. So do it. Keep going. Don't quit. If you fail, if you're defeated, if you lose, okay, so be it. It happens. It happens. But then get back up, dust yourself off, and keep going forward. That's how you do it. So that's all I got for you today, friends. That's all I got. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you for all the encouragement that you give to me. If you have a recommendation, you can go to the Warrior Priest Podcast uh, WordPress and subscribe and shoot me an email. If there's something you'd like me to read and, and ruminate on on the podcast, you can get to me on Instagram at the Warrior Priest Gym Podcast or just the Warrior Priest, my personal page, shoot me a DM. I'd be happy to uh, engage with you if you have a question, or again, encouragement, or you just want to, you know, shoot a book recommendation or something towards me. Um, Otherwise, yeah, I'll be back next week for a brand new episode, as always. You know how the story goes. So, we'll see you later, weirdos. Peace.